Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hey everyone, Craig Baird here. Before I begin today's story, I want to take a moment and ask that you check me out on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. There are several tiers with great benefits, from ad-free content to t-shirts and other cool stuff. As well, if you're a fan of Canadian history, make sure you check out all of my shows, from John to Justin, Canadian History X, Canada, A Yearly Journey, and Pucks and Cups, along with Canada's Great War. And don't forget, you can also donate directly to the show at www.canadaehx.com. Just click Donate. It helps keep this show going. Okay, on with the show. On February 5th, 1911, the weather was a bitter minus 45 degrees Celsius. The wind was howling and four men had endured 47 days in the frigid Arctic wilderness of Canada. They were not men who had wandered into the wilderness, but seasoned Northwest Mounted Police officers with years of experience. Yet a series of wrong turns had led them to the point where they could go no further. They consumed several sled dogs to keep from starving. They could only venture a few kilometers per day due to exhaustion. Now, as the last diary entry was made by the leader of the expedition, they could go no further. One man had broke through the ice and was freezing to death. The others were starving and hungry. As he made camp and left what supplies that he could with two of his companions, the leader of the group set out with the other man. Within days, all four men were dead, and the legend of the Lost Patrol was born. I'm Craig Baird, and this is Canadian History X. For 17 years, the Royal Northwest Mounted Police made the journey from Dawson City, Yukon Territory to Fort McPherson, Northwest Territories. This was no easy trip through the wilderness as it stretched for 965 kilometers through some of the harshest land in Canada. The trip was vital though, as it allowed for the delivery of supplies and mail. And for the most part, it was a boring affair and one that attracted little notice throughout the rest of Canada. That all changed in the winter of 1910-11, when one of the worst tragedies in the history of the Northwest Mounted Police occurred. Leading that journey was a man widely respected for his career with the force, dating back decades, and his experience in the Arctic, Francis Joseph Fitzgerald. Born in Halifax on April 12, 1869, Francis Fitzgerald served in the Halifax Militia until the age of 19 when he made the decision to enlist as a constable with the Northwest Mounted Police on November 19, 1888. At that point, the force was only 14 years old and still making its mark in the Canadian West and was a decade away from gaining more notice for its work in the Klondike Gold Rush. For the next nine years, Fitzgerald served in the Maple Creek District of what is now Saskatchewan, when he was 28, he became the first person to chart an overland route from Edmonton to Fort Selkirk in the Yukon. The journey, which took 11 months and covered 1,600 kilometers, earned Fitzgerald a promotion to corporal. In 1899, he joined up with the 2nd Canadian Mounted Rifles and served in the 2nd Boer War. His heroic service in the war brought him to the attention of Commissioner Perry in Regina, who promoted him to sergeant. In 1902, due to his growing stature in the force, he traveled to England as part of the Northwest Mounted Police contingent attending the coronation of Edward VII. One year later, he established a police post on Herschel Island in the Arctic, where he was stationed for six years with little contact with the outside world. And if you're wondering where Herschel Island is, it's located five kilometers off the coast of the Yukon and is the only offshore island of the territory. 
and is also roughly 2,400 kilometers north of Vancouver. In 1909, he would have a daughter with a local Inuit woman and be promoted to inspector. In 1910, he was selected as part of the contingent to attend the royal coronation of another king, that of King George V. Due to the danger of serving in a remote outpost, the decision was made to remove Fitzgerald from the post and get him somewhat safer due to his high stature. The decision was made to make him the head of the patrol from Fort McPherson to Dawson City. Now, no one said that history is not filled with irony. Going on the patrol with Fitzgerald would be Constables Richard O'Hara Taylor, George Francis Kinney, and their guide, Special Constable Sam Carter. Carter was one year younger than Fitzgerald and had recently retired on pension, but since he knew the country, was brought in as a guide. Taylor was an Australian who joined the force in 1905, while Kinney was an American who served in the American Army before joining the force in 1907. The men also took 15 dogs, 3 sleds, and enough food to last them an entire month. They also carried 20 kilograms of parcels. Setting out on December 21, 1910, for the first four days of the patrol, the men traveled 105 kilometers, which is very good considering the days were getting colder. On Christmas Day, the men traveled an excellent 26 kilometers. On December 26, they covered 30 kilometers in only six hours, but they found they missed a turn the previous day after stumbling upon a First Nations camp, resulting in a need to go back and retrace their course. They completed the first leg of the journey with little difficulty beyond that missed turn, and as for the second leg, they hired a First Nations guide named Esso George for $3 a day. When the second leg was completed, George was let go in what turned out to be a fateful mistake. Fitzgerald trusted that Carter would lead them to the next section. Unfortunately, Carter had only done the trip once and in the other direction. And this decision was an odd one considering that they had missed a turn on the trail on the first leg, which led them to hire George for the second leg. As it turned out, George was the last person to see the group alive. Over the next week and a half, the group became more lost in the wilderness. By January 12, 1911, they were struggling to find Forest Creek and had traveled up various streams to find the right one. At this point, supplies were beginning to dwindle quickly. With only a few days of rations left, Fitzgerald would make a note in his journal stating, My last hope is gone. I should not have taken Carter's word that he knew the way from Little Wind River. The next day, the patrol changed direction, going in reverse to find the right trail to get back to Fort McPherson rather than go to Dawson City. The decision did not improve things, and they continued to struggle to find their bearings in the Yukon wilderness. On January 12, Fitzgerald wrote it in his journal, and keep in mind these temperatures are in Fahrenheit rather than Celsius, 37 below, fine with slight headwind, sent Carter to look for Portage, but he could not find it. On January 17, Fitzgerald wrote, Carter is completely lost and does not know one river from another. We now only have 10 bags of flour and 8 bags of bacon and some dried fish. My last hope is gone, and the only thing I can do is return and kill some dogs to feed the others and myself, unless we meet some Indians. By the middle of January, the men were so weak they could only walk a few kilometers per day, if they went anywhere at all. And as supplies ran out, the dogs became the food source. From January 18th to February 5th, 10 dogs were killed for food. What follows are the journal entries of Fitzgerald during that period of time. January 18th. 13 below, killed the first dog tonight for dog feed. Hardly any of the dogs would eat him, and we had to give them a little dried fish. Our food consisted of a small piece of bannock and dried fish. 
January 19th, 28 below, very misty with a slight southwest wind. We were at times ankle deep in water. Killed another dog tonight, 21 miles. January 20th, 21 below. Very strong southwest gale all day. Ate the last of the flour and the bacon. All we have now is some dried fish and tea. January 21st, zero, strong gale. Killed another dog tonight, 20 miles. January 22nd, 50 below in a.m., 64 below in p.m. Carter's fingers are badly frozen. January 23rd, 64 below, misty with strong headwinds. January 24th, 56 below, strong south wind with very heavy mist. Left camp at 7.30 and found the river open right across. Constable Taylor got up to his waist and Carter to his hips. We had to go into the camp at 11 a.m. Killed another dog and all hands made a good meal on dog meat. January 25th, 53 below, killed another dog. Our food is now dog meat and tea, 18 miles. January 26th, 21 below, going very heavy in deep snow, all hands and dogs getting weak, 8 miles. January 27th, 13 below, heavy snowstorm with heavy mists, camped at Waz tent at 2 p.m., searched tent and cash for food but found none, going very heavy, killed another dog. We now only have 9 dogs, the rest have gone for food, 11 miles. January 28th, 45 below, strong south wind with mist, Taylor sick last night and last all day, going very heavy. January 29th, 20 below, killed another dog tonight, men and dogs very weak, cached one sled and wrapper with seven dog harnesses here. January 31st, 45 below, 62 below in p.m., skin peeling off our faces and parts of body and lips all swollen and split. I suppose that is caused by eating dog meat. Everybody feels the cold very much, want of proper food, 17 miles. February 1st, 51 below, killed another dog tonight. This makes eight dogs we've killed and we have eaten most of them. We fed what dried fish we had to the dogs, 16 miles. February 2nd, 7 below, 23 below in p.m., got astray in the mist. February 3rd, 26 below, killed another dog tonight. Men and dogs very thin and weak and cannot travel far. We have traveled about 200 miles on dog meat and still have about 100 miles to go, but I think we will make it out all right. February 4th, 52 below, going very heavy and everybody suffered very much from the cold. February 5th turned out to be the last journal entry and the one I related at the beginning of the episode. By this point, only five dogs remained. By the middle of February, officers in Dawson City were getting worried as the patrol was approaching one month late. The trip usually took 40 days, or in good years, 20 days, and they were long overdue now. Indigenous that had arrived in the community stated the patrol had left on schedule from Fort McPherson. Our relief patrol was sent out to find the men on February 28th, led by Corporal William John Dempster, who had received a telegram the day before advising him to find the patrol. What no one knew, but likely suspected, was that the men on the patrol were dead already. As the rescue patrol moved towards Fort McPherson, they found clues to the original patrol's location. This included cash toboggans, as well as dog bones, a dispatch bag, mail sack, and seven sets of harnesses from January 29th. By the middle of March and three months to the day that the patrol left Fort McPherson, the patrol was finally found by searchers. Kenny and Taylor were both found dead, side by side, in the open camp. Kenny had died from starvation, while Taylor had shot himself in the head. The men were around a burned-out campfire. In a large kettle on the fire was a partially cooked sled harness the men had been cooking for food. They also found Fitzgerald's diary, which told the grim story. On March 22nd, the following day, Fitzgerald and Carter were both found. Both men had died from cold and hunger, only 40 kilometers away from Fort McPherson. 
Fitzgerald had laid Carter's body in the snow and covered his face with a handkerchief. Fitzgerald laid down the snow a few hundred meters away and died soon after with two half blankets around him. On the body of Fitzgerald was his will, scrawled with charcoal on paper. It read, All money in dispatch bag and bank, clothes, etc. I leave to my dearly beloved mother, Mrs. John Fitzgerald, Halifax. God bless all. When found, all four men weighed only 100 pounds each. As news spread of the tragic patrol's fate, many felt grief for the lost lives of the men. The Vancouver Daily World wrote, There have been few, if any, tragedies in the history of the Northwest Mounted Police, worse than the loss of the Fort McPherson patrol. The men were also widely praised, the Ottawa Journal wrote. The mute remaining record shows that each man did his utmost in quiet heroism and only when that utmost failed to achieve safety, only when the last possible effort was made in vain, did he fall in his tracks and perish. There are many reasons for the patrol's failure. The inexperience of Carter led to the men losing their way, while the bitter cold temperatures led to the men becoming weak and frostbitten. Upon the return of the search party, Reverend Whitaker somehow obtained Fitzgerald's diary and wrote a deeply critical letter stating that Fitzgerald was ill-prepared, ill-guided, and had poor dogs. The Mounted Police were very unhappy with this critical look at the patrol and issued deep denials of the allegations. Due to the extensive experience of Fitzgerald, the blame cannot be put completely on him. His belief in the abilities of Carter were misguided, but he had proven himself to be a man who could survive in the Arctic. All four men were buried at Fort McPherson on March 28, 1911. Two decades later, all four were cemented in a large tomb, with four corners connected by a chain as a memorial. Patrols continued for ten years, but due to the tragedy, future patrols always had an indigenous guide, and cabins along with supply caches were established along the trail. In addition, the trail between the two communities was clearly marked to ensure no one ever got lost again. Today, a bridge at the Halifax Public Gardens is named in honor of Fitzgerald, as is a community in northern Alberta. The community, located 339 kilometers north of Fort McMurray, was originally called Smith Landing. In 1915, the name was changed to honor Fitzgerald. In 1978, a TV movie called The Dawson Patrol, starring Leslie Nielsen, was made about the patrol. Stupid people. How can they go off and not leave any food? Well, they don't expect bloody stupid people to get lost. Hey, come on! Way to work up an appetite. <laughs> Dempster, the man who led the relief patrol, became an inspector and served in the Yukon for 37 years. He retired in 1934 and passed away in Vancouver in 1965. The Dempster Highway, which runs from the Klondike Highway to Fort McPherson, is named for him. I hope you enjoyed that look at the 1911 Lost Patrol. Information for this piece comes from the RCMP Heritage Project, The History of Saskatchewan in the Old Northwest, Death Winds in the Arctic, The Lost Patrol of 1910, Wikipedia, Land of the Midnight Sun, A History of the Yukon, and Place Names of Alberta, Volume 4, 
White House Daily Star. If this is your first time listening and you like what you heard, please take a moment and give us a five-star review to help other people find these amazing stories. And there are so many for you to sink your teeth into. If you enjoy this podcast, then please check out my other podcasts, From John to Justin, Canada, A Yearly Journey, Pucks and Cups, and Canada's Great War. We love hearing from you, so if you have a show topic you want me to cover, email me at craig at canadaehx.com, or stop by my website and social media. I'll include all of those in my show notes. Until next time, I'm Craig Baird, and this is Canadian History X.